Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 98 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And it's a good night to uh, drink some beer and talk about the Bible. Heck yeah, it is. It's what we do. I mean, uh, we're, we're not going to change our, our pattern here. We've gotten pretty good at it. So. Well, uh, I mean, if we were going to change something, not, episode 98 wouldn't be the time to do it. <laughs> episode true. like three or four. would. Remember so, the time we did the Bible review first? Yeah, and we thought that was a terrible idea after we did it. Yeah, it was the that was awful. If you can, we you can get um what do you, what do Southern Baptist preachers call it? You can get like fifty heaven points if you can find the episode that we did that. I think it's IFB preachers that give out heaven points. Oh, I think you're right. Six oh one. Some of them are kind so, of the same. Something like that. So, I have had I've had multiple conversations this week. Here's something that that we're going to talk about on air. Um, I've had we have episode 100 coming up. We in do just a couple of weeks. Yes, it is. And something that Michael and I have kicked around for episode 100, and send us the messages if you think it's a good or a bad idea. Instead of doing a beer for that week, try to find a 100 proof liquor and review that liquor. So when I was in the store today getting the beer for tonight, I actually looked at them in preparation for that. Yes, and found yes. some. Uh, what looked like to be some interesting ones. So I didn't buy any because I'm not a crazy person. But um, also, if I bring if I bring like whiskey or something home, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to try it. So um, I'm just going to wait. It might be coming. We don't know yeah. yet. Yeah. If you think that's a good idea, you can reach out to us. We'll tell you how to do that at the end of the episode. But until then, Anthony. Yes. How's your week going, man? You're living, Dude, been, you're living the bachelor life, I'm, ain't you? I'm living the bachelor life. My wife uh, and kids uh, have scurried off to, they're up there, actually up there close to you this week. Uh, they're at a Crowder show tonight, um, enjoying that, and I'm a, I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, so I am sitting here living the bachelor life with my cats. Let, um, let me say this. <laughs> this is the 98th episode of our podcast. This is not the first time that your wife has taken the kids. Um. In, in the time that we've done the episode, in my entire marriage, I think my wife has left for like to go off by herself like twice. Yeah, my wife does it at least once a year. Do you think it's just to get away from you? Probably. <laughs> I mean, can you blame her? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a no win question right there. <laughs> if I agree with, if I say yes, then that's an indictment on you, and if I say no, that's an indictment on her. So, or something, something like that. Someone's getting indicted. That's what's Somebody's going. Somebody's getting indicted on that <laughs> yeah, one. So, oh man, how's your week going, dude? I am ready for not to be at work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> ready for the weekend? I am. We've actually uh, we've got a vacation coming in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. We haven't gone on a vacation, and actually. Um, 
it'll be the week after this re- releases. So nice. um, it's just kind of a last minute spur of the moment thing. Um, hey, those are the best ones sometimes. They can be. There's um, less time to play in, but also less time to stress. So, but also right. less time to get all your ducks in a row before you leave for five <laughs> days. So we'll see how that goes. But you know, it's going good. There's just work is getting to that time of year where the the problems that we're facing don't have to do with like our day to day stuff. It's a lot of weird, mm-hmm. weird situations or you know shipping or materials or whatever which right now i don't know if you know this but we're in a worldwide pandemic so (laughs) explaining that to people on the daily is is so much fun and it fills me with so much joy so no everything's going good family's really good um my son is as defined as a three-year-old can be and um there's you know I refuse to believe that about him. He's the perfect child. There's no way he's defined. You know, he's perfect for everyone <laughs> until he gets into our house and it's just us. We've There's been multiple times where we've gone like over to a friend's house or something and he'll eat fine. Like eating is our big child, is our big battle right now. Yep. He'll eat fine, especially if there's other kids around. The minute we get him home, he is not interested in eating <laughs> at all. Like not ever. Like he, he just doesn't in... We yep. put food in front of him. He just doesn't touch it. So I don't, you know, I don't know what we're doing wrong. But that is that is most kids. Uh, the everybody talks about my kids. They're like, oh, your kids are so well behaved. And I'm like, you should come to my house and listen to me yell at them because no, my kids are not well behaved yeah. at home. <laughs> I don't know how many times we've had to have like the who makes the rules talk because yes. my son thinks he makes the rules. <laughs> and, and like the la- like my wife was out of town last weekend. And I spent most of the weekend explaining to my son that daddy makes the rules and you don't make the rules. He's finally starting to get it. He started asking himself who makes the rules, which is hilarious. <laughs> who makes the rules? I make the rules. We're like, no, try again. So, um, but yeah, that's how things are going. Um, but nice. yeah, well, that's, that's life and it is what it is. So. It is what it is. Well, what beer are you going to drink tonight? So tonight, I'm going back to the Brewing Project. Um, they are located in... Uh, oh, I had it pulled up. Dang it. Wasn't it Wisconsin? Yeah, I was going to say... Somewhere the, Wisconsin. It is Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, the Brewing Project in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, on the Chippewa River. And they are the brewery that had the peanut butter and jelly sour ale Ooh. beer that I had several weeks back so they i mean the packer store i go to has several of their beers and i've just decided tonight was the night so tonight i have the cow cow chocolate milk stout with peppermint um this is a peppermint mocha cow cow chocolate milk stout um chocolate milk stout with milk sugar coffee chocolate and peppermint so um i saw the abv somewhere I think it was on Untapped actually. Uh, ABV is seven point five percent, and no IBUs. This is um, looks like a pretty dark beer based on the pictures on Untapped, but mm-hmm. um, has pretty good ratings on Untapped. And I'm anticipating, based on the Brewing Project's track record here on the Beers and Bubble <laughs> Podcast, um, anticipating another good one tonight. So, Anthony, what are nice. you drinking tonight? I have a local uh, local beer. From Old Majestic Brewing Company right here in my backyard, Mobile, Alabama. Um, I have the Amber Waves of Grain Amber Ale. And I decided to go back to something normal this week, so I just grabbed an amber, and these guys are local. Um, And it just says the Amber Ale 
is a American-grown pale aromatic with caramel malts using native cluster and Willamette hops. I wish I knew what Willamette hops are. I'll, prob- I'll probably find out, but uh, I love their tagline. It says, Amber Waves of Grain is the taste of freedom. America. That's not, not a bad name for a beer, honestly. <laughs> Amber Waves of Grain. So that's uh, yes. that's great. I actually look for this one. In my, I look for this one or something similar to it in my package store, and there's just... There was no yeah. finding it, so it's got an ABV of five point three and thirty two IBUs. So it, I mean, this feels like it should be right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm anticipating you liking that one. Yeah, me too. Well, let's drink them and like them and review them. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Oh yeah. The the smell test is good, huh? I just like the sound of cans opening. That too. This one actually has a little different smell from what I'm used to from Amber's. This thing looks like straight up motor oil. <laughs> yes, it does. Holy smokes, I can see that coming out. <laughs> like it looks like I undrain unscrewed the drain plug of a truck <laughs> as I'm changing the oil. That's what it looked like coming out of the can. This thing has a little bit more of a caramel smell than a typical, the ones that I'm kind of used to. Mine smells more coffee than chocolate. And like it's got some peppermint in it. This feels more like a wintry beer, like a wintry idea. Peppermint, yeah. mocha, coffee. Could be. Oh gosh. At least it's not pumpkin spice. I got beer on my microphone. Whoops. <laughs> that's character. That's not beer. That's character. It's like the old car salesman used to say, that's not a dent, that's a discount. It just smells like a stout with a little bit of peppermint. Well, let's turn them up and drink them, see how they taste. Let's do it. Bottoms up. Cheers, buddy. Oh, I could do this one quick. You're pondering, so I'm going to go first. You go ahead. <laughs> Give your beer your five Luthers. No, this is not a five. It, it's good, but it's not a five. Okay. It's a, this is a four Luther beer right here. It is. Um, it's a little bit more, I guess, hops, hoppy mm-hmm. than I was than I was anticipating from the amber. Um, but it's got good flavor. It's got good texture, um, and and all you know everything about it just says. This is an above average beer. It's it's not like, whoa, that's fantastic, but it is definitely above average. Um, you can tell it's brewed well. Uh, it tastes good. So I'm going to give this thing four Luthers and uh, and leave it right there at that. I, I From the minute I tasted it, I was like, yep, four Luthers. That's where this one's going. <laughs> so have you decided on the uh, peppermint? Well, I'm really struggling, and here's why I'm struggling. Okay. Do you feel like Santa Claus should be coming down your chimney right now? No. Um, th- so with a name, or when you claim to be like a peppermint mocha, cow cow, chocolate milk stout, whatever whatever all that means. Yeah. Um, hang on. Let me do some research. Let me do some additional re- Cow cow stout. I'll insert some patriotic music right here for 
the amber waves of grain. <laughs> so the so okay, so here here's the deal. With a name when you have an ingredient in the name of your beer, I feel like I should be able to taste the ingredient in the That's beer. That's right. That's fair. Um in the peppermint cow cow, it might be there. It might it is really it was really present in the smell when I initially smelled the, especially the head and then the, uh, the can after I poured everything out, like I could smell a little bit of peppermint. Mm-hmm. I'm just not getting it in the, in the taste. Um, the taste is actually pretty good. It's got a very dark, um, it's got, it's really bitter, like almost like black coffee bitter. Like, I wonder if like you that's, remember- that's the flavor. Like it, and and maybe this is only because I've done it in the this week, but I had I've had one cup of black coffee this week. Yeah, and I usually don't drink black coffee. I usually put cream in it because um, I'm not a man enough to drink just black coffee straight up. <laughs> usually, so I had one cup of black coffee this week, and this kind of has that really bittery bean, like yeah, dried bean flavor. So, do you remember when we were talking with Steve about uh, brewing, and he talked about uh, one of the things he did, and he used he called them cacao nibs, mm-hmm. and it's the part of the chocolate that he said was like people would chew on it, but it's the bitter part. It's of really the bitter. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that the, I wonder if the cow cow is supposed to be like a reference to and maybe so something like a cacao nib. Maybe or so. I don't know. Well, and I mean, and this thing has coffee in it, <laughs> so maybe it's like c- the cacao. If it's cacao, then it's bitter on top yeah. of coffee. Um, and I mean, if you've had bitter things, you know that a lot of times bitter overpowers anything else that's going on. So that's true. Um, all that to say, I'm really kind of underwhelmed by this one. I'm gonna go all the way to like three and a half Luthers. Oh man, I knew it. And that's um, R- rarely does Michael rate a beer lower than me. Well, and I mean, and this is just—it's just really, you know, it's like you say it's rarely. I'm looking at the last five weeks, including this week. This is the third time. Oh. <laughs> in five weeks fair point so no but I, open mouth insert foot <laughs> so no i mean it's okay it's just not what i was expecting especially when you have a something that has has a very distinct flavor like peppermint's pretty distinct yeah. um i'm just not getting it it tastes more like coffee than beer um mm-hmm. like i feel like i could put cream in this and probably and in, in, improve it dude so, you should do it <laughs> I don't know if see I see what happened. I mean, that'd be like a white Russian at that point, like a white beer Russian. Right. Be like a white German. Is that what that would be? I don't know. Yes, that's amazing. So no, it's we're making up drinks here on the Beer and Bible Podcast. It's okay, dude. I, I may legit try that at some point. I've got three more of them. Why not? So if why it's, not? If it's bad, just pour it out. So no, it's okay. I mean, Brewing Project three and a half is right down the middle of the road. Um, not bad, not great, just kind of. Good flavor, just Decent. not what I, not good flavor, good texture, but not what I was expecting. There you go. Well, there's some beer discussion. Uh, amber waves of grain from Old Majestic, peppermint cow cow or cacao or however you want to say that from the brewing project. Um, getting four and three and a half Luthers. So we're gonna pick on up um, in our discussion uh, through the book um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, and we're gonna talk about complaining tonight um, and what it looks like to complain biblically so stick around and we will be right back
Welcome back. We are here. We are going to continue in our study uh, on lament, and we're kind of focusing on the book uh, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Vrogop, who is a pastor um, and very well experienced in the uh, paths of lament, if you will. Yes. Um, this uh, this book, I'm actually I'm actually really glad that I'm kind of reading it again a little bit slower um, because there's just there's just so much depth to what what Mark offers in this mm-hmm. book, and it's I love at the end of each chapter if you're following along with us. Um, there's reflection questions, and and uh, I would encourage you just you know you don't have to like write out essays and 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 all of that, but think about read those questions and think about them and and really think you know how can we apply this this concept to our lives as Christians? How can we build our lives as Christians by thinking about the concept of lament? Yeah. So um, that's a little encouragement now. Uh, But here we are. We're going to move on. We're going to be in Chapter 2 tonight. We're going to talk about complaint. But where we've come from, I'm just going to kind of recap these each week so we know where we're going. Last week we talked about turning, turning to God in prayer, crying out to God. Tonight we're going to talk about complaining. We're going to get into that. The third part is asking. Uh, specifically asking boldly, and then the fourth part is trusting, trusting in who God is and what God uh, promises and what he's mm-hmm. done. And so that's the the kind of four things that we're going to be using to set up the study of Lamentations. And so um, tonight we're going to focus on complaining. And if you are like me and you have parents, your parents instilled into you, whether by switch or by belt, that you should not complain. <laughs> Did your parents switch or belt you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I got the belt. Um I don't know if it was because of I was complaining too much or if it was just cuz I was a misbehaved kid. I don't uh, know. Pro- um, probably both. My my oldest has a tendency to complain about things and What your 10-year-old daughter? Yes, Never. <laughs> I know. Um and and so I always I commonly and now I, what's funny is I feel bad about doing this now because I I feel like I might be taking a verse out of context but I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're that's welcome. My, that, that's my favorite verse. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but but man, she'll she'll go complaining about something. And I'll be like, what does John fourteen fifteen say? Do all things without grumbling or complaining. Stop it. <laughs> And and so now now I'm sitting here doing it's a, just a, it's just it's just a matter of time before your daughter looks back at you and says what does verse thirteen say daddy <laughs> you are not wrong <laughs> what's the context of that verse dad shut your mouth you when go you're ta- you go you go to your room <laughs> and think about what you just said to me don't you look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> Oh, oh man. gosh! So, so we're going to be talking about complaining. We're going to f- kind of focus on on Psalm ten tonight, um, which is the the chapter that Mark focuses on in the in the book. And uh, to kind of open this up on on complaining, what is what is complaining? What does it look like? You know, typically when we think about complaining, we think about people who don't get their way, people who are upset about something not turning out. Honestly, I think about my four year old. You know. Every time we say the word no, he's like stomping his feet and, and he's 
shaking his fist and he's like, you know, why can't I do that? And he's like, why can't I stick this knife in the electrical outlet? And I'm like, because son, you'll die. Well, why can't I die? You know, (laughs) does your son hit his chest when he doesn't get his way? Um, Does he like bang his chest like a, like a monkey basically? No, he usually plops to the floor and like wallers around like he's a earthworm. My, my, so my son does the hit his chest. He sits on the floor and he also crosses his arms like he's, and then he get, puts on his mad face. Oh yeah, mad face is the um, best. Yeah, that's great. And fake crying is the best too. Fake cries are the best where they like, and then they look at you to see if you're watching them. Yeah, he hasn't learned how to do that yet. Oh, I'm thankful. I'm sorry. I'm, it's gonna happen. He, I, I don't know what child will teach him how to do that, but somebody will. Some punk at school probably. <laughs> Or church. That's right. So Psalm 10 opens up and it says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Um, and and really kind of the first couple of verses of, of Psalm 10 are this like just this crying out to God of, you know, what's wrong with life? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. My My circumstances are terrible. It's almost like he's saying, this is all your fault, God. It's, yeah. you know, if you if you take it out of context and you only read, like, the first couple of verses, you're like, dude, this guy is ticked off at God. Right. You know? But um, you you have, to, again, you have to put this this whole thing in, into context. And as we walk through this tonight, we're going to see this play out. And, and really at the end of, of Psalm 10, um, we're going to see what the correct response to complaining actually is. Yeah. Um, and so you, you, I think you may have actually shared. No, you didn't share this uh, this quote tonight. But there's a quote that says, uh, I, I think Mark has in the book. It says, "God, I know you're not mean, but it feels like you are today." Yeah, and yeah, and and that's. I mean, think about it. That is a blunt, honest, real conversation that yeah. somebody is having with with their creator. Like, yeah. like, like God, I know what is true about you, and I know you're not. Your nature is not to be mean. Your nature is not to be distant, but it feels like you are. Yeah. Based on my circumstances, based on what I'm going through, it, that's what it feels like. Um, and if you're following along in the book, you know what Mark and his family or his wife were going through oh, as man. as he's as he's writing this or as he's telling the story about coming about this uh, like journey through learning how to lament. Yeah. Um, but. Having that honest, real, meaningful, you know, saying it out loud can be the most freeing, can be the most, almost most rewarding thing you could do just to say, God, this is really just awful. Yeah. Like, like just being straight up with God and be like, God, this sucks. Like being able to say that. (laughs) I mean, and, and what's crazy, and I think we've talked about this before too, God knows your heart. So if something in your life is tearing you down or if you feel like it it just straight up sucks, God knows that. Yeah. God knows that, that that God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows exactly how you feel about what you're going through. Yeah. But God is also there and with you. Um and, and it may feel like everything around you is falling apart or everything around you is against you. But God's truth, God's love, God's peace, His grace is always with you. Um, but that doesn't mean like 
oh, you shouldn't bring your complaints to God. Yeah. God wants you to complain because that's part of the journey through learning how to lament. Yeah. If you if we don't learn how to lament, if we don't learn how to complain, if we don't learn how to do this process that we're going to talk about over the next several mm-hmm. weeks, it it really I mean it it honestly it restricts us as Christians because yeah. all it, all it does is play into the facade that we construct in our social settings, you know, how many times do we go to church yelling? I mean, you can hear people yelling as they pull into the church parking lot and then they get out with these huge smiles on their face and they're like, it is such a joy to be in the house of the Lord today. And you're like, you were just about to strangle your child less than 30 seconds ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 I mean, I feel like we've talked about this too, and maybe that's just the nature of 98 episodes at this point. We're going to talk about things more yeah. than once. But, you know, if things are going terrible and if your life is falling apart or you're going through something really challenging or really it's breaking your heart, but you're trying to put on this like, you know, you're trying to be strong or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like when people ask how things are going, like our, especially here in the South, our initial response is oh things are going good Mm -hmm. or i'm good or you know things are going well like that's i feel like that's the that is the easy way out to say i'm here and i don't want to get into what's going on in my personal life yeah you know and how much more real could our relationships with other people be if when somebody asked us that like hey how are things going and instead of saying, no, everything's great, yeah, just telling them, hey, work is terrible. Yeah. My, you know, me and my wife are fighting. My kids won't listen. We have no money. Like, yeah. Hey, how? Well, I mean, even, even you don't, you don't even have to get super personal, man. How are things going? If I'm honest, things are just not going well right now, man. I'd really appreciate it if you could pray for me and my family. I can't really yeah. go into it, but, but man, I'd really appreciate it if you could pray for us. Yeah. So so why why is that? Why don't people why aren't people more real? Because in of, those scenarios. Because American Christianism has infiltrated the church a lot more than we think it has. Um, you know, Americanism says you have to keep up with the Joneses and you have to be put together and you have to be um if you're not this certain thing, then you're a failure. And and I mean, how uh, what the uh, it's a movie Keeping Up with the Joneses is what it's called, mm-hmm. and it's the guy who like he constantly he just goes out because his neighbors are the I think it's a, his neighbors are the Joneses, and he has to buy everything that that guy has, and the end of the movie I you know I think he ends up committing suicide by driving his lawnmower into his pool or something like that, and and it's it's this crazy ending to this this story, but how reflective is that of actual American society? We see other people and we try to mimic those people instead of looking to God and looking to his character and looking to Christ and trying to mimic that instead of what our neighbors are. Yeah. You know, um, Sally has it all together. I want to be like Sally, um, you know, and, and it's even gotten worse as we, as we move into the social media age. I mean, yeah. Narcissism knows no bounds. Yeah, and, that's true. And in that and and I think of now you've got this whole like influencer culture thing going on where if you're not if you don't have 
two million followers and are generating a hundred thousand dollars of income on social media, you're a loser. Yeah, you know, and and instead of believers being satisfied with what God has given them, they are complaining about not having yeah what God has given to others yeah. or allowed others to get. Yeah. Improper complaining turns to coveting really quick. Mm-hmm. And and coveting, I'm pretty sure we know where that falls, you know, in the Ten Commandments. Yeah, it's one of the ten. It's it's number ten. <laughs> that yeah. shalt not covet. Um but but there is a right way to complain and there is a wrong way to complain. Mm-hmm. And Psalm ten the writer is dealing with injustice. He's dealing with actual things that are actually wrong and and legitimate complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God, my my uh, soy decaf latte wasn't right this morning is not a legitimate complaint. Yeah, that's a very entitled <laughs> thing. But God, there is this injustice. Here is what the injustice is. Here's why I I believe this is an injustice. It's not a feeling. I believe. And here's the thing: you can have that belief, and that belief can be wrong. But that yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean that that belief is not there and it's not real. So, you know, yeah, like like we talked about last week, just because, um, just because the reason for your pain is may or may not be right, doesn't mean that your pain is any less real. Yeah, and and it's it's not about getting the right things to God and and saying the right things to God to get Him to respond to you in the right way. It's about being honest and open and transparent with with God because he already knows anyway. Right. And we're going to talk about that. So let's let's dive into this thing. Um, We're going to be talking about complaint, and Mark really kind of breaks down three different, I guess, kind of categories or or sections of this thing. And the very first thing he says is bring your questions. Yeah, like a good Southern Baptist (laughs) preacher. He's got three sections with sub points. It's amazing. Um. No, so yeah, he starts with bring your questions. Uh, the psalmist writes in verse 1 of Psalm 10, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Um, it's not wrong to bring legit questions to God. Mm-hmm. Shoot, it's not wrong to bring any questions to yeah. God. Um, now, God may reveal to you, like, hey, that's not the question you need to be asking. But, you know, bring, bringing your questions to God. It's like, remember when you were in school, and the teacher would say things like, "There's no such thing as a stupid question." I love that. That was my favorite because it was now, always my my objective to find that one stupid question. <laughs> there's there's a comedian and he he's uh he's hilarious, uh, but he talks about that. He and he just goes on this like long like two or three minute tangent of a ridiculous as ridiculous a question as he could come <laughs> up with. I'll just I'll send you the link later. But but I mean like, and, and I feel like we we get to this point where. We don't want to ask God a question that we feel is dumb, mm-hmm. but if it's on our heart, God already knows it. I think that's going to be the ultimate thing that I end up keep coming back to in this whole study is like, yeah. if something is on your heart, God already knows it anyway. God knows it's on your heart. So articulating it in a prayer or writing it down or whatever it may be is the is the first step toward... Yeah, working through that question. Yeah, and that's—I mean—that's what complaint does. Is—is it gives a voice to what's in your heart? It gives a voice to the questions Mm -hmm. that you have, which, you know, 
no nobody's saying that your question is dumb or stupid or anything like that. But you might be saying that, but nobody else is saying that. And so right. it's not wrong to voice that. Now, yeah. if you voice it and somebody looks at you and goes, that's a dumb question, then you can look back at them and say, well, you may think it's dumb, but it's not to me. Yeah. And, and it's not what that, again, it's not what this person beside you, this horizontal person beside you says. It's what God says. And God says, bring them, you know, bring all yeah. your doubts, bring all your fears. It's fine. Yeah. I can handle it. And the longer that we live, the more that we can, we can use pain to see mm-hmm. what, what it's, you know, it's, it's going to develop in us. Um, the more pain we see, the more times we see an opportunity for God to intervene. Yeah. The more times we actually see God intervene, the more times we understand that even though these times are hard, we can choose to trust in God. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. and that's where the tension of complaint comes in. That's where yeah. and Mark talks about this tension of complaint. And you know, the the I, I can tell you story after story after story, just since my wife and I have been married, where we didn't know what to do, we didn't know what to do, and we just prayed, God you've got we don't know what to do you've got to be the one who guides us we, we're lost we're confused mm-hmm. we don't know what we're doing yeah and then we'll we will make a decision and then coming out of it sometimes it's a it's a right decision sometimes it's not but you know what god uses that decision every time to teach us something and yeah. we learn every single time that we go through one of these struggles one of these trials one of these tribulations we learn more and more about number 1 who god is and number 2 who we are and then our relationship between us and God. Yeah. What you're talking about right there, um, I, there's a paragraph that I highlighted in the chapter. Um, and and Mark, Mark here is talking about how the psalmist is fearing that God is no longer helping him. And then yeah. the, the very next paragraph is what I'm going to read here. It says, he said, when, the, when was the last time you felt like this? I'm sure you know not only the pain of suffering, but also the struggle with God's seeming remoteness. I think every believer can relate to this at some point in his or her life. The lament Psalms teach us that these feelings should not be dismissed as invalid or sinful. They are part of the journey, an aspect of genuine faith. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were just talking about Anthony, when God is showing you something or God is answering a question or you're making a decision based on your conversations with God, you know, that's just part of your journey and, and your feelings your feelings aren't wrong. Your feelings aren't sinful. Your feelings aren't invalid. I mean, our feelings are real. Yeah. The The reason behind our feelings may be, may be where the invalidity is or yeah. where the, where the issue is, but your feelings are, are real and they're rooted in your beliefs and they're rooted in, in how, how your circumstances are affecting you. And, yeah. and, you know, like Mark says, this, this is an aspect of genuine faith working through those and, and realizing that God's not remote. God's not far. God's mm-hmm. right there with you and, and wants for you to complain and to bring these questions to him. Yeah. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Like that's yeah. that, 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 sh- that should be a rallying cry and an anthem for believers is yeah. that there for, for God, there is no such thing as a stupid question. Yeah. And kind of a, a to build on what you were just talking about, this is a great way for Christians to understand how to interact with each other. Um, you know, understand that when somebody is bringing a complaint, a lot of times 
they're not complaining about the actual thing that they're complaining about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm going to give you an example because this actually happened to me. So I was working for a church, and and I was working in the, the, the media and technology kind of side of the church, and I had a church member go to the worship pastor and complain about me directly. Um, and and uh, the, the person sent the email to me, to the worship pastor, and to the senior pastor. And uh, I, I was like, well, points for, for being open and sending it directly, I mean, sending it to me. But they were complaining about things that had nothing to do with anything that that I was not specifically told to do by the by the worship pastor and by the mm-hmm. senior pastor. Yeah. And so the worship pastor in he he's read the email. He called me up and he was like, Hey, have you seen the email? And I said, Yes, I've seen the email. And he said, I don't want you to respond to it. I want you to let me handle it. And I said, Okay, I'll do that. And he said, I want you to come to my office and we're going to talk about it before I respond to this person. And so he calls me in there, and this, uh, I mean, this this guy has been in worship ministry for going on close to 40 years now. Um, you know, he's 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 seen a lot of stuff, and, and he's been through a lot of junk. And so he calls me into his office, and we sit down and we talk, and, and he says, he says, Anthony, I want to tell you something that I've learned over 40 years of ministry. And I'm like, okay. He says, nine times out of ten, when somebody complains to you what they're complaining about is only the object that they want to focus on. It's not their actual complaint. And so, you know, he says, I'm going to talk to this church member, and I'm going to find out what's really bothering them. And sure enough, after he talked to them, what I did had nothing to do with what they were actually frustrated about. Mm. And and so I say all of that to say, if people would be honest about their frustrations, their actual legitimate frustrations, yeah. then they wouldn't take out their frustrations on things that don't matter to them. Because think of how many how many people have been hurt by churches or people in the church or staff members who have been hurt by church members who yell and scream and berate them over things that they're not actually upset about. Right. You know? And so... When we, when we talk about bringing your questions, and, and I'm going to tie this kind of into our next point, open up to your questions because if you don't bring your questions, that's going to lead to frustration in your life, Yeah, which is the second point that Mark talks about, and he says, bring your frustrations. Um, and and this, was, this is actually the quote the, that we put up today. You put it up there. Uh, but it mm-hmm. says, God is good, but life is hard. Um, yeah, and man, it is. What, what a good reminder. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that that's such a like simple truth that God is good, but life is hard. And and kind of tying into what you were just talking about, complaints. You know, everyone's life is so unique and so different, mm-hmm. and everyone's challenges are so unique and so different. But we're all dealing with varying challenges and varying yeah. struggles or varying. Whatever it's, you want to call it, it's almost varying degrees of the same challenges and frustrations. Yeah, it's just it's just a different angle on it. Yeah, but but we we need to remember as believers that God is good, even when life is hard. Yeah, and you know when because God is good because we believe that God is good, we should be able to lay our frustrations at His feet and say, 
I don't have to have control of this. I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to have the answers to all this right now. I don't. I don't have to ever have the answers to this. Yeah. God, here are my frustrations. Do with them what you will, and I trust you with them. Yeah. Yeah, because because we know that God is good. We mm-hmm. also know that He can handle our frustrations. Yeah. Um. And and if you if you don't believe that God can handle your frustrations then I, I'm, I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. You need a bigger God. Yeah. You know, you, you, if, you, if you don't believe God can handle your, frust- your frustrations, then you don't believe that he is omnipotent yeah. and omniscient. Yes. And he, he's not knowing of your frustrations, and he's not powerful enough to handle them. That's yeah. what you believe if you don't believe yeah. that God can handle them. Yeah. And, and how many times when you – all right, so let's say you're upset with something, and you go to – a person, the person, you know, and you just start saying, you just start spilling it. Here's why I'm mad. Here's why I'm upset. Here's all the things. And the other person says, okay, I hear you. All right, did you think about this? Okay, that's good. All right, how was your, what was your approach here? Did you, and you start to process this information. Mm -hmm. How many times when you get to the end of that conversation do you go, well, I I wasn't really upset about anything. Right. I don't really even know because you, it, it gives you, a lot of times our, our frustrations are born out of emotion and yeah. emotion says like it zeroes in on like one aspect of one detail of one thing. And that's what we get frustrated at. And then you back up and you say, all right, hang on, let me look at this situation as a whole. Let me, all right, let me think about it this way. Let me think about it that way. Okay. Is it really a legitimate frustration? The majority of the time, by the end of that, you're going to say, that wasn't a real. I wasn't really upset with that. I I see where I was focused on one thing, and that and I needed to adjust my perspective. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing that like we focus on the one thing that is going wrong and and completely ignore or overlook the nine other things that are going <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I can tell you, I I do that almost daily in my work mm-hmm. you know same my my job is to focus on numbers and to focus on money because that's what i deal with in the business um you know and and i sometimes i get so zeroed in on this this account is not right or this number is way off or you know we're we're going to collapse as a business this is wrong mm-hmm. and then i'll have conversations with other managers or I'll have a conversation with the owner and he'll be like, you know, I feel like sometimes he's just like snatching me up by my, my collar and being like, hang on, look at it from back here where I'm at. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're not, that, it's not that bad, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I, I feel, I feel like we, depending on where you are in the totem pole, like the, the, your, your major issues or your major, what, whatever's causing your major frustration. I use major in quotation marks, <laughs> scare quotes. Um, yeah. But like when you when you take two two giant steps back or go up the ladder a little bit, you realize that what's major to you is not major in the big picture. Yeah. And you know we 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 fixate on the minute things all the yeah. time. And God is you know God wants to hear us complain about those yeah. things. God wants God knows that we're frustrated by those things. But maybe also on the other side of that of the same coin they're not as big a deal as we think they yeah. are 
like it could be a big deal for a moment, but when you, like you said, when you get proper perspective on things, it puts everything back in its place, and you're like, well, I was overreacting on that, and I look like a yeah. fool. If you if you look at Psalm 10, um, which is which is the the chapter that Mark uses for this, we we've already talked about really verses kind of one, um, but then in two, and I think he goes all the way down to eleven, yeah, two through eleven. He kind of just gives this litany of things that he feels like are wrong. You know, I'm, I'm just going to pull some highlights. You know, verse 3, he says, For the wicked one boasts about his own cravings, the one who is uh, greedy curses and despises the Lord. Um, verse 7, cursing, deceit, and violence fill his mouth. Trouble and malice are under his tongue. Um, and then kind of closing it out, verse uh, 11, he, said, he says to himself, God has forgotten, he hides his face, and will never see. He, he's giving this list of things and this list of complaints that, that's, that you're like, dude, what, what are you even talking about, it seems like, at, at yeah. times. And then right into verse 12, he says, rise up, Lord God, lift up your head, do not forget the oppressed. He turns the complaint completely on its head, and and from twelve really till the end of the end of the chapter, he he flips every, almost everything that he's just said, and and he and he flips everything back to focusing on God and who God is and what God does and what God's character is, and yeah. and that leads us from our from your questions through your frustrations. It leads you into a proper understanding of how you complain. Correctly yeah. complaining always turns back to God. You mm-hmm. know, it it always looks back and says, you know, I've talked about the the phrase "but God." Complaint, real complaint, says this and that and this and that, but God is what it does. Yeah, yeah it gets it gets the focus off of you and your frustration, your anger, your your uh, he calls it uh, meism or myism. Yeah myopic or myopic um and it gets you it gets your focus off of you and gets the focus back on the one who should have the focus anyway but that's god (laughs) um and and i feel like especially in the american church especially in western culture the church is so me-centered yeah and so it's my way or the highway or you know it's my way or i'm gonna go down the street to another church like that I feel like that's a I don't know. <laughs> American culture has so infiltrated the church that mm, yeah. the the individualistic mentality and 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 what we're talking about when we when we say meism or or a, a myopic view something that focuses on what's your what's more important to you, you know, if this church is not ministering to my needs, then I need to go find another church. Um, and, and if this church isn't playing the style of music that I like, you know, I have a a Mm -hmm. friend who's a pastor and he posted this tweet the other day and it said, I had breakfast with a, with an elderly couple from our church that said they're thinking about leaving our church because the music is too modern. And then he said, and then I turned around and had lunch with a young couple who is hesitant to join our church because the music is not modern enough. And in this tweet, I, I can I can feel his lament because he's he's drawn mm-hmm. between wanting to reach 
not wanting to give up on this older couple and wanting to draw this older couple in, but also pull this younger couple in. And where do you find yeah. that balance? And I mean, honestly, this is this is what the church has done to our pastors because of this this type of view, this yeah. me centric mentality that that says that that incorrectly complains. You know, this me centric mentality that says if your music is not modern enough, I'm leaving. If your music is not old enough, I'm leaving. You know, yeah. Instead of it being an opportunity for the people to, for the young couple to learn from the wisdom of old music, and for the old couple to hear old truths in a new yeah. way with the new music, both couples are saying, "How can you best serve what I'm expecting from exactly. you?" Instead of, "How do I fit into the story of what's happening at this exactly. church?" It, it's it's a mm. it says what's the gospel going to do for me instead of what can I do for the gospel? I totally yeah, just paraphrased uh, some U.S. president. You know, ask not what your country can do for you. Um. <laughs> but that's I mean that is such a challenging thing, and I I feel like there's so many pastors, worship pastors, church staffs that are fighting that oh, same man. battle. Absolutely, every single day where they're you know they're losing connection with older people they're losing connection with younger people yeah. you know it's too loud it's not loud enough it's too dark it's not dark enough there's too much haze there's not enough haze <laughs> the lights are too like there's and uh, i i do not envy pastors who have to make those kind of no, decisions no and and i mean and as somebody who worked at a church for 10 plus years yeah. i don't like i enjoyed my time there but I don't know if I'd ever want to do that. Like yeah. make those, be involved in those kind yeah. of decisions again. Yep. It's, you know, Michael and I both come from, from church working for churches and having a church uh, employment history. And, and we, we've done our fair share of criticizing pastors. And, and I think this is a point where we say, you know, church, yes, we can criticize the pastors, but you also have to understand what the pastor is going through. You have mm -hmm. to understand what that pastor deals with on a daily basis. And I don't think I've ever worked for a church where the pastor did not care about the people he was in charge of shepherding. Um, yeah. And and I can, I can say that wholeheartedly. Every pastor that I have worked for cares about the people. Now, whether I agree or disagree with that pastor is a, is another, is a different story, but I will never doubt yeah. his care for the people that he has been entrusted with. And, mm. and, weeps over them and prays for them and and prays for them as a church body and and so you know encourage take a moment and encourage your pastor don't always complain to your pastor and yeah. and if you are going to complain then you need to learn how to complain correctly so yep. let's talk about how we can complain correctly yep so let's do the, it so um like any, like I said, like any good pastor, he's got three <laughs> points with, and the third point has three, three sub points. Sub -points. Heck so yeah. <laughs> here we go. So the first one is be humble. Um, if you come uh, to God or you're complaining to somebody, like this is mainly in the context of complaining to God. So let's just stay in that. Let's stay in that lane for okay. now. Um, so it, so be humble. Um, you know, if you have proud, demanding questions. From a heart that believes that it is owed something from God, you will never lean into what it means to truly lament. Yeah. Um, 
something that Mark says in the book. It says, come with your pain, not with your pride. Yeah. And, you know, you can come humble, you can come humbly before the throne with your pain, with your anger, with your questions, but don't make it about you. Yeah. Don't make it about like, God, you owe me this. Um, God, you're, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z for you. So you need to do X, Y, and Z for yeah. me. That's not, that's not true lament. That's like genie in a bottle. Yeah. That's a genie in the bottle kind of God. And that's not the God that no. we serve. So come humble. That's the first thing. The next one is to pray the Bible. And that one seems self-explanatory. Um, if you don't know where to start, start in the Psalms. That's a, you know, mm-hmm. read the Psalms, go through them, read the Proverbs, pray the Proverbs, pray the Psalms. Um, you know, it, it's it's really easy to get into a pattern of prayer that is, again, me-centric. You know, mm-hmm. God, I, I want you to do this for me, and I want you to do that for me, and oh yeah, thank you for all the things you've given me, but I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. And and it, it just like you just said, it makes God out to be a genie in the bottle. That's not the purpose of prayer. Um, right. Prayer is not to attune God's heart to us. Prayer is to attune our hearts to God. Um, right. It's to give us perspective on where we're supposed to be going with God. Yep. Um, yep. And the best way to attune your heart to God is to understand his word, learn his word, yep. study his word. That's why we're doing what we do, you know, walking through passages of Scripture, walking through books of the Bible, um, talking about them, understanding them, how can we apply them to our lives, uh, what did they mean when they were written, all of those things, what you would call hermeneutics, the study of the Bible, um, all of those things play into what your prayer life is going to be like and, and how you're going to apply praying the Bible. So yeah, pray the Bible. Yep. And then the last thing that you do to, in order to complain correctly, biblically, um, is to be honest. Um, this entire sentiment of complaint hinges on mm-hmm. honesty with you being honest to God. Um, let's see here. Uh, I had a, something where to go. Don't be the family yelling in the car and then getting out and smiling. <laughs> yep. Yep. Biblical, here it is. Biblical complaint doesn't work if you aren't honest with God about your pain, your fears, or your frustrations. Um, God's not surprised by anything you pray. He's not surprised by anything you feel or anything you think mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, if anything, prayer is more focused on understanding your own struggle rather than explaining it to God. Yes. If you look at the last three verses of Psalm 10, uh, you'll see what honesty gets you because honesty, I mean, the, the psalmist here opens up with questions. He, he lamb blasts with frustrations for 10 verses just about. And then the last mm-hmm. verses, he, he turns back to his honesty. And, and I'll pick up in verse 16. It says, The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their hearts. You will listen carefully, doing justice for the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere humans from the earth may terrify them no more. And, and mm. what you see there is a picture of what will happen when you complain correctly, when you lament honestly. It, it will always yep. turn you back to God. 
And it, it's yeah. not a magical pill that's going to do it instantly. So don't expect one prayer and be like, okay, I'm perfectly lamented with God and let's move forward, you know? Yeah, lament is a yeah. process and it can be a days, weeks, months, years yes. long process. Yes. And so when we talk about this pattern, we're, we're putting it out there and Mark puts it out there as a guide, but it's not a, it's not a, once you do these four steps, everything is going to be okay. You may have to go back and yeah. forth between um, turning to God in prayer and complaining. You may have to do that several times before you get to asking. And you may have to ask for yeah. a long time before you get to trusting in God. Um, but if you if you continue in the pattern and if you continue in focusing on what what and who God is and the character of God, the, the process of lament will always be in the long run will be a fruitful process. So there's some complaining. Uh, we hope you learned um, how Christians can complain, how we can complain better. Mm. Um, I know it's been good for me. I'm pretty sure it's been good for Michael. Um, yep. So, yeah, Michael, if uh, if they want to reach us on social media platforms, where would they do those things? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible podcast and looking for our logo uh, there. You can email us at Beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website, beersandbiblepodcast.com, and pick up some sweet Beers and Bible Heck merch. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to us on any of those social media platforms or by email. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, if you have any suggestions for possibly some 100 proof bourbon whiskey, yep. something that we could do for the hundredth episode that's coming up soon. We like both of um, those things. So, yep. Get those in quick because I think the week after this releases will actually be the week we record episode 100. If if I'm thinking the schedule <laughs> is right. So, um, but yeah, get those into us. And like I said, any questions you have about anything we've discussed on the podcast, any beer suggestions you have, we'd love to hear those as well. So until next week, we hope your Bible stays open and your beer stays cold. And we will see you later. Peace out.